he wanted to be looked at as an equal yeah it's incredible look i don't know the ins and outs of that level of the film industry but based on my outside perspective it seems like they're there i mean and apparently will smith and akon agree (laughs) so yeah yeah although akon you know i don't trust his judgment so much but will smith you know (laughs) will smith i am pro will smith i'll stand by that by the way (laughs) i won't fight you on it (laughs) i know um but people in our country have been very divided about will smith yeah i still stand i still stand with disagree (laughs) (laughs) me too um everyone and welcome to two white girls talk bollywood i'm kim and i'm katie and we're here oh man to talk about singing uh-huh. and dancing and the biggest bollywood boy yash chopra you know i didn't even know whose name you were gonna say after that because i feel like i left this documentary the romantics i felt like this was this was a Ditya chopra's story <laughs> I agree with that. I don't know. You know, I I think through our development of Bollywood or our journey, we've seen Yash Chopra's image, right, before Mm -hmm. so many films. And we looked up who it was and we're like, oh, okay. Like, he was a big guy in cinema. But I never had an emotional attachment to him. No. And now I have, like, such an emotional attachment to him and to Aditya. Yeah. I think it's the biggest Bollywood boy of the past transitioning into (laughs) his son the biggest bollywood boy of the present so poetic (laughs) yeah yeah it's the documentary is about yash raj films and so in that we get we get yash we get adi we get uday uday did you know know that he was (laughs) no i had no idea did i know that he was yash chopra's son no no me neither I just, and so it was funny. I was like, huh, they're really, they're, that's Ali. Yeah. That's Ali from, <laughs> from Doom 2. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, his last name's Chopra. Oh my God, he's a son. But yeah, it was fun to, to discover that. And also to discover the other fun connection that I had no idea about was that Ronnie Mukherjee and Adi Chopra are married. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Because she said that. And I was like, wait. Are they married? That's what. That's exactly I... what happened to me too. And then, literally, and you looked it up. I don't think I noticed this before. For the people who I didn't know, I was looking at what their name, their name was, their title, their relationship to the story, and everything. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I wasn't looking at like Shah Rukh Khan's name. You know, like right. the people who I knew. <laughs> yeah. I'm not looking down to look at their name. But they, she was listed as Rani Mukherjee, actor, comma Aditya Chopra's wife. Oh. Yeah. I love that. Like, I love that the quietly brilliant, nerdy boy Mm -hmm. who was just, like, shut away in his room and is kind of antisocial, like, got the girl. (laughs) I know. I love that. Yeah. I love it. Yep. It's a great love story. Uh, They have a daughter. It's adorable. There's, like, a few good love stories in this documentary. There are. And I just, I love, like, like a real-life love story as well as a a fake life love story. Yeah. We should also definitely mention that the documentary was directed by Mm. Smriti Mm. Mundra, uh, who was also an executive producer on Indian Matchmaking and directed several episodes of Never Have I Ever. Oh, 
I love that. Uh But yeah, should we just, there's so much to say. There's so much to talk about and to fangirl about that I think we should just get started. I agree. We, yeah, we should not delay any further. Wonderful. So (laughs) we'll start with the first episode, which I did not write the names down. I I did. Oh, should please share. (laughs) Episode one, The Boy from Jalandar. Ah, yes. And this episode details Yash Chopra's beginning mm-hmm. his origin story <laughs> yes i'm gonna say from the get-go as they're showing all of the actors settling in mm-hmm. my heart was pounding i was so excited and then ayushman karana's like getting settled scene with the glasses happened yeah. and i was just i was like oh that was I giggled. Really cute. <laughs> yeah well and then last but not least Ron Beer. Ron Beer rolling in like I, I wrote I wrote Tufan because I know that yes. like he's rolling in like a storm. Yes, classic. Yes, the filming for this was done over three years, mm. which is why Rishi Kapoor is in it. He died in 2020, and this came out in oh, 2023. I, for- I forgot about that. Yeah. Also, just a note about the Kapoors. Uh, Rambir Kapoor looks exactly like his mother. Like, really? Exactly. I think he looks exactly like his dad. <laughs> there was just something about the way it was felt. I was just like, those are his eyes. That's his nose. I feel he must just be like a perfect, like, amalgamation a mix of, of the, the two. Because I feel uh-huh. like his, his nose is like copy paste his dad's nose. But I totally agree mm. about the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. They're a good looking family. What can we say? Uh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> Love it. But I like that in addition to this being, you know, the introduction to Yash Chopra's humble beginnings, it's also like just kind of a general definition of Bollywood. And, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's talking about how what it feels like to watch a Bollywood movie and how they're, they're it's like it's glitzy and they it tries yeah. to be kind of everything for everyone in every movie, which we've talked about before. And I, I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, I think so. I I forget who said it, but someone said, I wrote the quote down because I loved it. <laughs> After sex, cinema is the best form of entertainment in the world. That was for Rishi Indians, Kapoor. At least. It was Rishi <laughs> yeah, Kapoor. So good. <laughs> so good. I just love that, yeah, they took the time to really drive home the fact that, that film is a really crucial part to life yeah. for a lot of a lot of people in India and it has been Mm -hmm. and I also really appreciated the context of cinema being used as a way to build a cohesive nation yes post-independence that was one of my big takeaways kind of overarching takeaways Mm -hmm. was this idea of the relationship between the movie and the moment in which it's made yeah and the way that you know a movie can be a product of the time in which it's made but then also can define influence the, uh, yeah so let's i feel like i've i've made us kind of get ahead of ourselves a little bit here but so you know we get introduced to yash chopra and his kind of humble family beginnings and mm-hmm. his brother who works in the industry and that's how he gets pulled into the industry and it was really interesting to hear that his first couple of movies really were around, you know, this idea of nation building. And his yeah. you know, his second film was a commentary on Hindu fundamentalism. Right. And this, like, yeah. hesitation he had to distinguish between, like, the Punjab of India and the Punjab of Pakistan. Like, just, mm-hmm. yeah, creating movies for that moment. Right. And I really appreciated that 
learning that about that about him because mm-hmm. I think previously when I think of Yash Chopra, I think of these really romantic, sweet films. Yeah. And then to learn that he was actually like politically minded might not be the term, but politically aware mm-hmm. and not afraid to share his opinions through film. It just makes me admire him all the more. It just kind of made me think about how is the Hindu nationalist movement being aided and also hindered yeah. by the movie industry. And also having an impact on, yeah, what is getting made right, and what is becoming successful with their, right. their influence on the boycott Bollywood movement. Right. I just really admire when people are bold yeah. and courageous. <laughs> Absolutely. And also just really sweet, gentle souls, <laughs> which both of them seem to be. I'm in love with Adi Chopra now. Like, I was going to wait to say that until it came up maybe more <laughs> organically, but, like, I have the there it is. <laughs> biggest intellectual crush on him Yeah, now. Like, I, yeah. But we'll talk more about how great he is. We will. We'll, <laughs> we'll get to him. I also loved the detailing of the story of Yash meeting Pam. Yeah. It feels like a Bollywood movie in itself because she was just like, he was kind of weird. <laughs> like, but then there was just like something about him. I just grew to love him. Yeah. I was like, that's adorable. Yeah. I liked when she said that they had both decided they weren't interested in each other and that was when mm-hmm. they became interested in each other. See- Bollywood Yeah, film. very Bollywoody. Yeah, very filmy. Bay Ficaray. Well, <laughs> sort of. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> In terms of love. Yeah. <laughs> I also really liked knowing that Pam was such an influence on him that he said he had said yeah. that he would turn to her as the woman's perspective and she had mm-hmm. a hand in some of the coordinating and costuming and musical decisions and apparently her musical decisions and bringing in more of this Punjabi style yeah. you know has influenced what music is like from these movies and therefore what popular music is like in India too for the, right. the decades after yeah and it also first of all I always love to hear when a person treats their spouse as their equal. I know. It shouldn't be remarkable, but we love to hear about it. (laughs) We love to hear about it. And so, yeah, the fact that it truly felt like they were 50-50 partners in life just warms my heart. And it also makes me really want to go back and rewatch the Yash Raj films that we've seen before, but also, like, the earlier Yash Mm -hmm. Chopra ones that we haven't, and actually see, like, how are women depicted and treated in those films? Because I'd be curious to see if it really is in a more positive way than maybe some other filmmakers yeah. were doing at the time. I do think it'd be interesting to make those comparisons. And also, I think, to really try to focus on what the depictions were of that time. Because certainly yeah. there's always, it's easy for us to look back and watch a movie and say, like, that wasn't so much the most feminist message. But when we right. think about what was happening at the time that it came out, it could feel more powerful to have depicted a woman that way. Yeah. And I'm, I'm now, I'm jumping ahead a little bit <laughs> into my notes from the, like, later on in the first episode, but Sri Devi. Yeah. Oh my God. I have never seen anything with her in it. But I was like, I think I could fall in love with this woman. I agree. She and clearly a lot of people did. It she just she has that yeah. presence. She has that star quality. Yeah. Yeah. I was really yeah. enchanted by her. And so I just love that Yash was drawn to strong women. Yeah. 
which is amazing. And I'm like, yes, men supporting women is like my favorite thing. Yeah, and then, so I think this is a fairly logical <laughs> next yeah. step to go in terms of talking <laughs> about things. Again, going back to the cultural moment influencing film, this we get into Amitabh Bakchan and yeah. the and the angry young man. I had no idea that came out of like the emergency, yeah. like the political turmoil right. of crackdown freedom on freedom of the press. What? Yeah. It never occurred to me before. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love now knowing that that era came out of this desire yeah. to represent the common man. And Amitabh right. was the common man in these movies. And people could just like support him and get excited yeah. about the stories that they were telling with him, which is really cool. Yeah. It makes me look more fondly on that era of mm -hmm. cinema which right me too. to be fair i haven't watched any films from the like the angry young man era um so i was just sitting out on this side of it judging i guess <laughs> but i was like oh angry young man i don't know i don't know if me. that's for me yeah. <laughs> but now i'm like okay with the the greater cultural context i'm like i can totally get behind that also I don't think I've watched enough footage of young Amitabh Bakchan. <laughs> he was a good-looking man. He's a good-looking man. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, talking about fathers and sons who look like each other, too. I... Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, Hilarious. I really loved that Amitabh had a huge poster of Abhishek behind him. It's like, that yeah. is precious. <laughs> it was really, really sweet. And I also loved hearing from Abhishek talking about how, like, was it him and Adi or and someone Uday else? would like fight oh, over who Uday. got to play him. Yeah, they'd be like, who gets to be Amitabh? <laughs> and Abhishek was like, I get to be Amitabh. He's my dad. <laughs> oh, I just, I loved hearing the anecdotes yeah. from all of these actors. Yep. Speaking um, of stories from actors, this is also where we get Ron Veer's story about... Yeah. I, I, I can't <laughs> imagine. I just, I okay... Like, he, he shares that he took a class in college because he yep. needed an arts credit. And so he took <laughs> acting one for non-majors yeah, and did a monologue from an Amitabh movie in the first day of classes. Katie, can you imagine? Like, I literally <laughs> said that. I was like, like, him getting up on stage in the middle of his acting class and doing a monologue in Hindi? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I can't I imagine, imagine it because he was also like, I think he went he went to school not in like Illinois, in Indiana. Or Indiana. Yeah, Indiana. You're sorry. <laughs> You're doing a Hindi monologue in Indiana. I Listen, love it. My family's from Indiana. Like that's <laughs> yeah. I, people out there, I don't think are hearing that all that much. White people out there. White, but well, yeah, I, <laughs> Indian people are. Yeah, I just was thinking how much I wish I could tell that story to my students. And it would mean nothing to them because I don't, right. like, as far as I know, none of the students who I talk to, again, it's a very white bunch of kids <laughs> and know anything about Bollywood or about Ranveer Singh. So I feel like it would just totally land on deaf ears. But, like, just imagine yeah. how impactful that could be <laughs> to be like, you never right. know when you're going to fall back into your passion. <laughs> yeah, well, I do think it's funny because, first of all, yeah, I was just like, oh, my God, to be a person in that classroom. Know, to be a fly on the wall. So there was, like, that part of it. And then also we both work at universities yeah. 
like, was there some advisor yeah. who helped who helped Ron Veer and was like, I don't know, acting? Yeah. Like, sure. It's <laughs> like, Ron Veer, this is the only thing that fits in your schedule. Like, today is the ad deadline. Yeah. <laughs> you got to yeah. just take acting one for non-majors. Oh it's going to be fine. Yeah. You won't hate it, I promise. And now he's yeah. a huge actor. <laughs> he's him. A more, on, more on Ron Veer later. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Put a pin in that. Yeah. Um, well, and then we also got, I know everyone was kind of bashing 80s cinema, mm-hmm. but I feel like they were bashing other people's cinema well, from the 80s. I think what it, what I took away from that was that Yash was, it didn't gel with his style. Like what right. he was making wasn't what people wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. I also loved the story about like, you know, VHS players, VCRs <laughs> yeah. become a big thing. And then like children are going door to door selling pirated VHS tapes. <laughs> yeah. Or renting them out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, people stop going to the movies. And so, yeah, I interpreted that. Yeah. Not people weren't criticizing specifically his work but just that the the whole right industry the whole bollywood industry specifically was really kind of limping along through that decade and yeah i wanted to bring that up too because i did read and i'm going to talk a little bit more about this at the end probably but i wanted to find a review that was even a little bit critical of the documentary because i just mm, i wanted yeah. to kind of i loved it so much i wanted to hear a different perspective and this yeah. this piece of it isn't necessarily criticism but they observed how Karan Johar notes in the documentary how people because Bollywood filmmakers like really didn't know what they should be doing they started to turn to southern Indian films for influence and this this uh this article that I was reading was like does that sound familiar and I was like that is true I do it's feel what like we've, we've talked about it we've kind of yeah. circled back to that now where now we are in this period where it does feel like Bollywood is limping along a little bit the other right. industries are making things that people are enjoying more and so mm-hmm. they're kind of they're they're drawing that influence I would love a specific a documentary specifically on that phenomenon yeah you me know too. yeah when did that really start picking up again and why? Like, mm-hmm. what's the the wider context around that? Because it at least seems like Adi is still coming up with original ideas. Mm-hmm. But did you also find yourself just writing down names of movies? I did, yes. That, and then yeah. I stopped because I was like, ah, it's too many. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't writing down everything. But, like, when they were talking about the cinema from the 80s, they mentioned Michelle with Anil Kapoor, who also... It's just like really. Handsome. I'm glad that you said that because that is one of my notes as well. Is just how handsome he is. I was a little bit of stuff. I think also because I have this whole philosophy that men are more attractive when they're kind of dirty. Uh-huh. I, I think a lot of them are. Yeah, it's the Aragorn of it all. You know, that's exactly. that's the era when we grew up. You know, that was <laughs> dictated our tastes. <laughs> exactly, and so yeah, there was just like the footage of Michelle. I can't even tell you anything about it at this point. I just wrote. Yeah, okay, I'll watch that. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember, like, the specific films. Which one was, yeah. Any of the ones where they showed young Anil, I was like, oh, wow. Well, and <laughs> I I think that, like, Michelle was one of the ones that, like, Anil was like, yeah, it didn't, no one did well mm-hmm. in that, like, coming out of that. It was a really bad, like, career decision. <laughs> but you're like, let's, uh... <laughs> Let's get yeah, on that but I'm one. like, you know what? Forty years later, let's go. I also think the first <laughs> shot that they showed of him young in a movie, his chest hair, chest hair was just was great, blossoming. 
out of his shirt. It is what I noticed first. Yeah, and I was just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. We like what we like. What can we We both say? like yeah. chest hair. Mm-hmm. I also didn't quite realize how much Switzerland <laughs> loves Yash Chopra. Yeah. Like, I would love to know, like, the Swiss side of that. Mm-hmm. Like, were they really struggling for, like, tourism or something? The documentary would have us believe that, yeah, that Yash Chopra yeah. is the reason that Switzerland is still a country. <laughs> and maybe, you know what? I have no other facts. I'll <laughs> choose to believe <Yeah>. that. <laughs> and then when they start talking about, like, oh, do you think Aditya Chopra would give us an interview? Mm-hmm. And everyone is just like, Oh, no way. I was thinking about the conversations we've had about how, like, much of a recluse he yeah. is and how he doesn't like to show his face because he likes to go to the movies yeah. with the, the common man. He likes man. to be anonymous. Right. And I was like, there's no way. Obviously, he won't show up. Uh-huh. That's why we have Uday. And then I'm like, oh, my. I screamed. I did, too. <laughs> I was planning to watch, like, one episode a day. But when this, yeah. when episode one ended that way, I was like, Next. <laughs> Who knew we'd be so invested? I know. And I also just love that you have this whole community of super successful, famous film stars. And everyone knows this man. And they're like, but we all know he doesn't come to like functions. Like he doesn't show his face. It's just kind of who he is. He's a little quirky. (laughs) But they all speak about him with such affection and love. Yeah. And then he is there. And then he is there. We get to episode two, Prodigal Son. Yes. Again, I have a huge crush on Aditya Chopra now. Like, I I get it. I just, his whole philosophy is fascinating to me and is something that, I mean, I don't really know anything about Hollywood directors, but like. It's yeah. hard for me to imagine a Hollywood director having so little ego that they yeah. genuinely would not want the level of recognition that they could have in the industry. Like, right. the fact that he is like, if I do that, I genuinely believe it will make it harder for me to make good movies. Yeah, that's all he wants yeah. to do. Just yeah. for himself, because he loves film. Yep. I really love and admire that and I also like you're right he has no ego he just has this like confidence in himself Mm -hmm. that he's like I've put in the effort and the time to study like what works what doesn't work so I'm going to trust my instinct yeah and and it's also like a I might be doing the right thing now, but I've done the wrong thing in the past and I might do the wrong thing tomorrow. And I just think there's so much humility in that. Mm -hmm. Again, I've never really heard someone talk about making movies that way. Well, especially, too, coming from a place of privilege, which we won't won't dive into that quite yet. That's episode three. But you would think that someone who is the son of a very successful, like, director and producer Mm -hmm. would maybe have a little bit more ego yeah but it seems like yash himself was so sweet and down to earth and then his sons also had because uday also doesn't have like that kind of ego no yeah it seems like maybe that was maybe that was something he struggled with when he was younger which we'll talk about yeah but now certainly i feel like he's yeah he doesn't really give off that vibe well and then that reminds me too that aditya even talks about wanting to get at the core of what is Indian Mm -hmm. he was like I was watching so much like Hollywood cinema 
And I went back and I was like, let me get rid of all my Western music. I want to really sink my teeth into like, what is Indian? Yeah. Yeah. The fact that he was saying like he was watching a Bollywood movie that was an exact copy of a Hollywood movie. And he was like, this is the path I'm going down if I keep Mm -hmm. only listening to English music and watching English movies. Like, I got to get back to my Daisy roots. (laughs) Right. And, And clearly that worked out well for him. I appreciated so much all the different stories that he and others shared about how his perspective, even from a really young age, could have and in some cases did influence like established filmmakers. And yeah, I think in particular, the example of I think the movie's Lame. Uh, it was another Anil Kapoor movie where yeah. the one where like his he he's in love with a woman who gets married and has a daughter and then it's he yes. ends up with the daughter and then at he the falls. End. Yeah, I had written that one down. Yeah. The fact that Adi was like, people aren't going to like this. And mm-hmm. then people didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I just knew. <laughs> yeah. It really, all of the yeah. study that he's done and the fact that he still, you know, is going to the movies every week, clearly it, it, uh-huh. it did pay off. And even if there haven't been like the most successful movies coming out of Yashraj films in more recent years, there have definitely been a few hits with, you know, with War and Patan recently. And like, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I know we'll get back there again for them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. And I also loved just, you know, you hear what you hear mm-hmm. about Adi. And then you get like Abhishek talking about how they'd have like parties uh-huh. as, you know, like <laughs> preteen boys. And there'd always be a dance competition. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was always between Aditya and Rithik. Yep. <laughs> and then also you see the pictures and it's just like Rithik looks the same he does look exactly the same (laughs) and so does Adi they both look the same (laughs) it's so good but then also Rithik being like Adi beat me in all of those competitions so then I was like I want to see Adi dance me too I like the dichotomy between there's this man who they even said you know he really like doesn't crack a smile Mm -hmm. he's like when he's on set he's all business he's much more likely to kind of snap at you and be like no we have to do this right mixed with this side of him that's a really phenomenal dancer (laughs) right yeah he's he has love that layers he contains multitudes yeah I also made the note when they were talking about Dar yeah I was just like we have to watch Dar yeah yeah we definitely do yeah well I The whole story around that was so interesting to me. And they played a clip of an early interview with Shah Rukh where he's saying, you know, I don't have the conventional look or way of walking or talking. Um, I haven't taken the traditional kinds of roles. So, yeah, we we start with this, you know, this actor who's kind of doing things in an unconventional way. And then Mm -hmm. Yash Chopra is trying to like pitch this role to other actors and no one's taking it. And he goes to Shah Rukh and is like, this is a good role. Like, I promise yeah. you. Yeah. And I love the the idea that Sharuk found that the younger AD, who was Adi, mm-hmm. he could build this relationship with and they w- could, in their own way, bring their creative elements to this movie through each right. other. That's so cool. It is really cool. And I like that, yeah, that was the foundation for this really, really strong yeah. relationship yeah. moving forward. Like trusting collegial relationship. Yeah. And then Shah Rukh says that he thought he was on the path to becoming an action hero, but Aditya turned him into a lover without him realizing yep. it. And 
I actually teared up because I'm a huge sap. I'm a huge <laughs> sap. And I love friendships. And I also love Shah Rukh Khan. And I also love Aditya Chopra. Yeah. I've learned. <laughs> and Shah Rukh in his interview said that Aditya said, your eyes have something that cannot just be wasted on action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my god, it's so true. How much do we talk about Shah Rukh's eyes and just like the way that he connects? Oh, so expressive, yeah. 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 But just funny to see or to hear him say that and then to think that like we really didn't get a purely action film from Shah Rukh until like, I guess Raw 1, you could consider that. That's That's a good point, yeah. But that's but like yeah, that's like decades later. But now that he's nearing sixty, he's like, I'm doing it. I know. <laughs> he's good for him. That's probably why he started his own studio. He was like, I yeah. want to be in action movies. I got promised so many things, and here I am. Well, although Red Chili's also produced Paheli. <laughs> that's so... a good point. Yeah, well, like, which he's... is, dare I say, one of the most romantic films ever. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful film. <laughs> to think that if Adi hadn't been there mm-hmm. and if they hadn't had that relationship we might not have the Shah Rukh Khan that we have today yeah I know Whoa. And, you know thank, <laughs> thank god for Adi thank god for that little old lady who kind of guilted <laughs> yeah you know made it made him see made Adi see the error of Shah Rukh's ways <laughs> yeah well and I loved too that yeah even that comment like even Adi bringing that up and being like this was something I saw mm-hmm. gives women power that is so like, true that's 100 percent true yeah i i it, you know it's like women made shahrukh the superstar he is yeah I, I mean his talent his talent did but but it was women who came to see him in those roles yes well and and i think it, it was funny to kind of go back and forth between him and adi and adi's being like he thinks he's an action hero but he's <laughs> just a big softy <laughs> yeah well yeah and that's the thing i think I believe Adi on that yep, because I, you can't embody the romantic hero in the way that he does right. unless you kind of have it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And then DDLJ. I know. Yeah. I mean, talk I, about like a, talk about a film that defined a cultural moment and was defined by a cultural moment. Yeah. Also, I wanted to make sure to note that Anupama Chopra, who wrote the book that we read about DDLJ was interviewed for the documentary and she appeared several mm-hmm. times and yeah, talks throughout the documentary, not just about DDLJ. Um, but yeah, I yeah. just wanted to give her a little shout out. <laughs> yes. Thank you. And the behind the scenes footage of sweet, sweet, spunky Kajal. Uh-huh. Yep. I didn't know I could love her more. I know she's <laughs> unreal, which then just makes me, admire her acting even more mm-hmm. like they showed the scene of when Raj and Simran first meet on the train when he's bothering her and she's just like stony faced yep. and I was like Kajal how did you keep a straight face <laughs> I feel like I know you yeah. and I feel like that must have been hard <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh I would watch 30 minutes I, of whole, the two of them oh, laughing in that moment like that's me so too funny. Um, I'm like, can we have a four-hour documentary just on DDLJ? Yeah, yeah, just outtakes from DDLJ. I, this was the first time that something really clicked for me, that Mm. this is a fundamental generation-defining film for so many of the actors that we love. And so, like, hearing 
Ayushman Karana, hearing Ranbir Kapoor mm-hmm. and Ranveer and Bumi, like Bumi Pednikar, hearing them all talk about yeah. what the movie meant to them. Ranbir says that it taught him how to talk to girls. Yeah. It taught him how to talk to his parents. Bumi says that like all of the Indian girls then wanted to go wanted on to a go trip on just like Simran uh-huh. did and meet their meet Raj, you know, <laughs> meet their Prince Charming. And yeah. it just got me thinking about like the movies that define defined us in the States and defined our generation and thinking about like it it had never really clicked for me before that that was DDLJ mm-hmm. for people of a similar Someone. age to us, a little older, yeah. but of a similar age to us in India. Not everybody, but yeah. And also this was where um, Lily Singh was introduced, the Canadian YouTuber. And I yes. loved her speaking as an NRI and about how much mm-hmm. the movie meant to her. Right. Because she was like, this is me represented. Like, I do genuinely want the approval of my parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And I also like that they were like, that was really groundbreaking in the sense that two young people in love wouldn't just like run away and and abandon their families yeah I thought it was so (laughs) funny Adi too being like I like my parents if I fell in love with a girl and her dad didn't like me I wouldn't run away with her so why are all these movies about people doing that Uh, yeah which I loved like it was just that heart that I think made it what it was absolutely Um, yeah I loved Ayushman talking about the ending and he was like oh do you cry? I always cry. Yeah. <laughs> like he is just so adorable. He is, like, yeah. I know that, and that he, he wasn't the point I know. of this documentary, but that, that can, I did also fall in love with him <laughs> even more. That can definitely be a takeaway. Well, I love that he he like recites the line at the end, and then he's like, "No, no, yeah. I'm gonna do that again, but like Amrish Puri." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was so good. Also, I had no idea that it was Shah Rukh's idea slash demand <laughs> to put the fight scene in at the yeah. end because i i do remember watching it the first time and being like why is there a fight scene <laughs> it seems like i was a little confused yeah like maybe a little out of place yeah <laughs> but i love that he's like you gotta give me this and they're like we give you an hour <laughs> yeah Anupam kerr is stuck in traffic so you can take one hour to film your fight scene your precious fight scene <laughs> <laughs> and then we might not even put it in yeah i love that it makes me want to rewatch it. And also, the interaction between Shah Rukh and Yash, like, mm-hmm. on that set, yeah. where he's just filming him and, like, asking him these questions. And it's just this really sweet, lovingly teasing. Yeah. This is, it's I'm going to really say sweet. this here, even though it is jumping ahead a little bit, when at the end, Shah Rukh is, is saying how he felt like Yash was a, a father figure to him. Yeah. I was thinking about the fact that Shah Rukh's, both of Shah Rukh's parents died before he became famous. He, yeah. like, wheeled a TV in for his, like, I forget if it was his mom or his dad, but one of his dying parents to watch, like, the first episode of a TV show that he was on. But they right. were, like, comatose. So, like, yeah. I it probably meant a lot to him to have a parental figure who not only knew but was excited about and supportive of his journey as an actor and like genuinely like wanted to be invested in his success like Mm -mm. that that like there were a few moments that made me cry but that made me (laughs) tear up a little bit. I sobbed at the end of this documentary (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. But yeah, should we move on to the third episode? Yeah, episode Which... three, The New Guard. 
this was my favorite this really like kind of got my heart racing in an exciting way (laughs) Uh, me too especially i feel like they just formed it really well like about like the nepotism conversation and then like the new wave yeah and it got me like i yeah watching the opening and the opening we get you know all the actors who are products of nepotism right talk like sharing those connections and very openly very talking openly about it talking about ge- their families who go generations back who have been involved in the in bollywood right and we saw that and i thought the, the discussion about it was interesting and then we kind of move forward in like the the history of the development of the studio and everything oh not of the studio but mm-hmm. of you know the production company and i didn't even see where we were going until we landed there and then i was just like oh. yeah <laughs> loved it <laughs> Uh, yeah no I agree it was it was really good yeah you know it's hard to to get angry about it when people are talking about it so openly yeah yeah and I really liked hearing Aditya's stance Mm -hmm. on it because yeah he says that an audience chooses who they want to see on screen and it's funny because I was like well, yeah, Aditya, but also privilege informs who gets the opportunities to appear on screen in the first place. And he mentions yep. that himself. <laughs> yes. Later on, he's like, yeah, it, it does make it easier to get that meeting, but ultimately the audience decides. Yeah. So he was like, don't you think that if nepotism were more of a thing, my brother would have been a more successful actor? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I also... Yeah really like that Aditya is this example of a person born with privilege and he was like I did get a head start and if I don't do the best that I can with it I'm not doing justice to the opportunity yeah absolutely and no one could deny that he works really hard yeah absolutely (laughs) I did feel like there were a couple of moments where I felt before this episode happened, there were a couple of things that got brought up where I was like, nepotism, uh-huh. nepotism. Yeah. And right. it didn't really kind of get brought back. So like, for example, as Adi and others are talking about his different directorial style from his mm-hmm. father, it's rooted in wealth and privilege and security. Like he talks about how, you know, yeah. his dad didn't didn't grow up with as much wealth. And so he had a much more, he was much more conservative with money and resources on his sets. You know, he'd have like one right. person doing each job. He'd be doing yes. a million things. And, you know, he would never like reshoot anything. It was just like, we got mm-hmm. it, we're good. And That's true. Adi saying that because he grew up with wealth, he didn't have that sense of needing to rush. Yeah. And so he would take his time. And I really liked the the story he told about, you know, his dad, about Yash, like, yelling at him, like, what do you mean you need safeties? Are you a fireman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That, that was just one example of the ways that I think nepotism is an undercurrent of this story, uh, yes. even in the moments where it's not directly addressed. Yeah, I agree with that. And it it does make me excited, though. The industry, the Hindi film industry was a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. 20 years ago but we've seen over the past 20 years a lot more diversity a lot more new faces a lot more outsiders and really if you think about it in that way 20 years is not a long time yeah it makes me excited to think okay like what is 
what is the nepotism situation going to look like 20 years from now? That's such a you good know? point, especially because 20 years, a lot of the people who were famous 20 years ago are still famous today, still making movies. Uh, right. So that's, right. that's such a good point. You know, we're hopefully headed in the right direction. And I also appreciated the observation. This is something I've thought about before. India is one of many cultures where it is common for people to take up, you know, go into the family business. Yeah, and, they. I appreciated that context as well. Yeah, and you know, and we hear we've heard dozens of stories up to this point, and Adi says himself, and this that he he just thought everybody worked in the movies because that was yeah. what he was around. That was what he grew up around, and that's another like that's nepotism. Like, yes. or that's not nepotism. That's privilege, right? But it makes a lot of sense when you think about like culturally. You know, if his dad had been a doctor. It might have made mm-hmm. sense that he would have become a doctor, like you know, or if his dad right. was a teacher, he would could have become a teacher, like that. Nobody yeah. questions it when it happens that way. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. So I think we have this case of where it's like two things can be true. Exactly. Yes. And I thought it was interesting. I th- I think it was in this episode where he talks about Mujse um, Dosti Karogi. Oh yes. <laughs> you know, and he says in that he's like, I didn't want to make that movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't think yeah. that that was going to be a success. I thought that that trope was really overplayed, but everyone, right. you know, wanted to do it. Rithik was the biggest name, so we were going to yeah. do it, and it wasn't good. It was a flop. It didn't do well. So then, <laughs> right. Yeah. And then he learned, like, I'm just going to do my thing. Yep, I'm going to do what, what I think I want to do. I'm going to trust my instincts. And then we get into him talking about the three movies that he made in the mid-aughts, that mm-hmm. you know were all three really different but all three super successful doom being yeah. <laughs> of course the standout for me and for you too i'm sure being that that's yeah. one of our we love doom too we love doom too we have not seen doom we have not but god <laughs> i'm so excited to watch it now after this yeah well the fact that john abraham yeah <laughs> was an accidental actor he was like i was a motorcyclist (laughs) and i just happened to be very handsome (laughs) and tall (laughs) yeah i love that Mm -hmm. because i just yeah i don't know why i kind of forgot that he's a little bit of an outsider as well i don't think i i don't think i had ever looked into his background me neither. Yeah. He's always been on the outskirts. But again, I think I could really get into John Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> I think you are there. I think you could just take one step forward and you'd be right there. I've reached that point. You've reached that point. I also wanted to add Hum Tum oh, yes. to our list. That was, that was one of the other ones of the middle three. Yes. Yeah. I was like, because Saif Ali Khan still loves his funky pants. He's just, yeah, rocking those funky, <laughs> funky pants in a big way. <laughs> And I think I've seen it advertised on various, you know, streaming services and things, mm-hmm. but actually seeing some footage from it, I was just like, oh, yeah, this looks kind of sexy. It looks fun. And <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie that finding out that a movie was a success when it came out does make me want to watch it more than finding out it was a flop. I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Can we go back to Doom? Yes, sorry. For, no, yes. no, no. I just wanted to say Adi talked about the three pillars of Hindi film, drama, emotion, yeah. and romance. But his idea with Doom was to remove all three of those pillars. And 
I forget which of them, if it was Abhishek or Uday or Adi, who was saying, like, we're not going to win any awards with this movie. It's a linear plot. Right. We have an action sequence followed by a comedy sequence followed by a song. And that's the yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just follow that formula. And it's, yeah. Um, yeah. They they were like, this is amazing. This is going to be a hit. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then you hear, right, it's Lily Singh is the YouTube yeah, star. Yeah, yeah. And then she's just like, well, have you seen Doom? Like, my friends and I could do a heist. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I Lily Singh was was speaking to my soul in, in that moment mm. when she was like, you're talking about the aesthetics of this movie. Have you seen Doom? And it's like, you know, that wouldn't be the one I'd go to just because I haven't seen it. But like, I feel like right. that's the way I feel all the time when people talk about movies that aren't Bollywood movies now. I'm like, hmm. But, uh, but have you seen Joda Akbar? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, and again, I think, you know, you and I both kind of experienced that when RRR blew up. Yeah. And, like, RRR is a good film. Yeah. Is it the best film to have ever come out of South Asian cinema? No. Uh, I would say no. No. And it's also super problematic. <laughs> right. For a lot of reasons. But, yeah. So it's just kind of like yeah. sometimes you want to shake white people. <laughs> Does anyone else ever feel that? <laughs> I'm sure it's a completely unknown emotion, <laughs> wanting to shake white people. I know, I know that you're joking, and it's so funny because it's so the kind of like way that a stereotypical white person would think. <laughs> no Just one's like, ever thought this ever so before. I am so unique as a white person to think that white people are problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so oh, good. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, kind of speaking of white people, sort of, but not really, but mostly, like, other countries, they then mentioned, like, midway through this episode that around 2005, the NRI craze was kind of dying down. Yeah. Because India was like, all right, we've settled into our new identity as this, like, multinational global player. Now let's kind of go back to, like, who we are as a country and – it goes back to what we were saying, yeah, yeah, where it's culture influencing film, film influencing culture, because the more that you make films set in India about Indian people living Indian lives, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, yeah, no, that's cool. I'd actually like to see more of that. Right. Yeah. And I this was one of the ones, one of the films I wrote down, Bunty or Bubbly. Mm-hmm. I thought it was particularly interesting. You know, Adi is, is introducing this like, you know, yeah, we we don't need to look West. We're cool. We're good. Right. And then his last name was Tucker. I didn't write down his first name, but, the, you know, a, 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 like a reporter throughout the documentary made the observation like Adi invented the, uh, he didn't invent the concept of an NRI, but he was the one who made that cool with DDLJ. Yeah. And then 10 years later, he's the one who's saying, we don't need that. We're cool here. Right. Again, he's got his finger on the pulse of the people through this era. And yeah, you know, again, I yeah. understand that there have been glitches since then, but like, Certainly in this time, he really is picking up on what people want to hear. I wish I'd written down the guy who ended up directing Chakta India. Mm -hmm. Again, it was kind of like, without even saying it, this man was, well, he kind of said it, but was drawing attention to women. Mm -hmm. And just in real life where he's like, I was just reading the newspaper one day and found a column about how our women's hockey team had like won. Yeah. And it made me so proud as an Indian person. And then the column was like, 
a few inches long mm-hmm. and it was like shunted to the side and then this man actually decided to go out and do something about yeah, it yeah yeah and the the man his name is Jadeep Sani um and he okay, wrote the you. film he didn't direct it but yes Got it. yeah I guess I wasn't expecting to see so many men supporting women <laughs> in this documentary yeah. like I just didn't think that was going to be a major theme right and it kind of was yeah the movie that I wanted to make sure to mention, mm-hmm. we're hearing about how Adi, I like that we hear from his casting director and mm-hmm. we hear in the background the question like, you know, who is the outsider who, you know, you kind of take the, the the most credit for, like kind of the biggest outsider you found. And of course she says Ranbir yeah. Singh. Oh, um, I love it. And it's just such a great story about him. You know, he says that he had kind of given up on being an actor, but he met this woman yeah. who was working to, towards becoming a casting director. And then, you know, she kind of got him some auditions. And I like the story about him. Like, he goes in, he rocks his first couple of auditions, and then he just, mm-hmm. like, loses it. But Adi is like, yeah. this kind of, this choked me up a little bit, too. And it literally, like, it choked up Rod Veer, too, in his interview. Like, yeah. Adi says to him, I saw you, and behind the loud, scruffy-looking boy, I saw a 25-year <laughs> career. Yeah. And I believe in you, and I'm giving you this role. Right. Like, that's unreal. And that seems like something he had to have kind of learned from his father as well. Just that sense of being like, I see your talent and I see what you could be and let me help mentor that along. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And boy, were they all right. Everybody was right in this situation, except for Ron Veer, who doubted himself. (laughs) Yes. I know. I love hearing that Ron Veer was like, when he got called in to test, he was really nervous. But then the woman he was testing with, like, what was she? Some sort of assistant. She, yeah. Put him at ease. And he was like, that was Boomy Pedicar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah. And yeah, and I just love that we've talked a lot about Ramvir's charisma. Mm-hmm. I love a lot of actors. There aren't that many actors that I've seen who have that charisma. Yep. And it's like. Ramvir and Shah Rukh, I'd say, are the tippy top of that. Yeah. So, yeah, I just love that they decided to take that chance on him. Mm-hmm. And then he was able to prove that that chance was correctly given. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I wish we'd kind of gotten Anushka's <laughs> perspective of it because Ramvir was like, no one believed in me. <laughs> he was like, my co star didn't. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe Anushka would have had her doubts. But. Yeah. I'd like to hear the moment where she kind of like came around to it. Like, you know, they, it was a bad yeah. read and she was like, not, please don't hire this guy. And then they do. And I would hope, because they've been in, you know, several movies playing oh, opposite yeah. each other since then. So I have to imagine that she's come around by now. <laughs> I I would think so. But yeah. Yeah. It was great. And I liked where the episode kind of ended, mm-hmm. where the industry has changed. Yep. Like, nepotism is still here, but also, you know, there are outsiders. Yes, like making room for outsiders. Anushka. Yeah, like Ramvir Ayushman. Mm-hmm. And then Boomi, sweet, sweet Boomi. And I'm like, I love you. I love you all. <laughs> <laughs> and I found myself at the start of the episode as all of the kind of the old guard are, yeah. are talking about be like having their family ties and everything. I was like interesting that they didn't bring Shahrukh into that because he's not. 
And then right. at the end, I was like, I see why. They, that would have undermined the point that they were making. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But I just always yeah. want to talk about the fact that he was an outsider, too. I know. Well, and I think, too, there are the parallels to be drawn between Yash kind of... I mean, Shah Rukh was already grab, like getting a foothold as an actor before Yash Chopra brought him in on some films. But I do kind of think that that helped oh, yeah. catapult him Absolutely. to his status. Yeah. So it's... It's really amazing to see the parallels between that connection and then like what Aditya has done for Ranveer because oh, we often yeah. talk about how Ranveer and Shah Rukh are so similar. Yeah. A- again, not in who they are, but again, like the charisma mm-hmm. and that being an outsider and then having a Chopra <laughs> help them. I just I love yeah. it. I love to see those parallels. That's a great connect that's a that's a great comparison to draw. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, shall we dive into final. our episode four? Yeah, legacy. legacy. <laughs> oh, so many tears. I will say I wasn't sure where we were going <laughs> with the beginning of this episode because they're interviewing Amitab and he's telling a story about how he got called to like LA. Yeah. And then he was like, the studio executive talked to me for a while. Sounds boring. <laughs> and, right? And told me everything about Indian cinema. Let me tell you about your industry. <laughs> right? <laughs> but then he says that he was told, you need to go back to your country because the Americans are coming. And I was like, what? It's <laughs> like, when did, what? When did we do that? <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah right I was very yeah not sure where this was gonna go yeah and I was glad that we didn't hang out here too long because it sounds like yes. the Americans did kind of the classic thing of like we can do this better than the way you're doing it now and nobody wanted that nobody wanted nobody wanted right. or as we say every episode needed us <laughs> <laughs> right it was purely American studios trying to get a piece of the pie. Exactly. And so everyone was yeah. just like, nope, we're going to keep doing our own thing. And But for Adi and for Yashraj Films, this was the the catalyst for starting their own studio. And I also love that they actually, like, they kick off this episode post the intro by talking about the term Bollywood. Yes, they do. Yeah. And I got a little nervous. Um, our podcast is called Two White Girls Talk Bollywood. Uh-huh. I think we've also talked about the fact that Two white girls talk Hindi language cinema doesn't sound as good. Right. I like Karan Johar made that observation. He was like, it's just, it's so clunky. Like, it's just easier to say Bollywood. Yeah. yeah, but I also really appreciated that the concerns that were voiced were similar concerns that you and I had discussed yeah. when we were talking about, like, can we call this Bollywood? Yeah. And it was about, like, the negative connotation with it and assuming too that it's like an off-brand Hollywood. Right. And then I also appreciated like Saif Ali Khan being like a lot of things have come out of being like derogatory that were then taken ownership over. And then he mentions like impressionist. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I like I like Saif Ali Khan. That's yeah. I I did find his, his perspective endearing there. Yeah. But what I really took away from it I think I don't remember if it was Rambir Kapoor who who was talking about this but it's like when you say Bollywood there's a specific thing that people think of and it is like bright clothes and dancing and kind of over-the-top drama and it's so much more than that right 
And that's kind of like the whole reason we created this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and I think there's a certain kind of irony to our choice of title too that like mm-hmm. we're aware of all of these things, but in a way it was like we were leaning into the assumption of our own ignorance. Which we certainly were. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was so cool because I won't speak for you, but I know when I was first watching you know, my first Bollywood movie, Om Shanti Om, I was just like, okay, so this is what Bollywood is. And then it was like watching more and more films and realizing like, wow, that was a stupid assumption. Yeah. (laughs) To assume that all quote unquote Bollywood films are like this. Yeah. That's, you're absolutely right. That was, you can speak for me because that was my perspective too. (laughs) And, and I remember, I've talked about this before, how I watched Fatour pretty early on in our, right. like, just, wow. you know, the, the <laughs> opening of the floodgates for Bollywood for us. And uh-huh. I remember coming to tell you, like, I watched this movie. I don't think it was a Bollywood movie, though, because there was no singing or dancing. Because it couldn't have been. Yeah. Right. But, like, it was, because it was, you know, it yeah. was made in that industry. Language. But yeah. the other thing I thought was interesting was a couple of people said, well, we shouldn't call it Bollywood because... Bollywood is Bombay, which is Mumbai, but there's all these other places that make movies. And I didn't think that was a good argument because people don't call, at least as as far as I have understood it, I don't think there are people who make the confusion of calling Malayalam or Tamil or Telugu language films Bollywood films, except for all of the white people who called RRR a Bollywood film because they didn't know any better. Right. Right. I agree with that. I was just thinking, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be honest as an ignorant white person (laughs) living in the States. I did think all of the films that came out of South Asia were the same language. Yeah. So I think then when I learned that, you know, okay, Bollywood is Hindi cinema, I was like, okay, so everything that is Bollywood is Hindi. So in a way, (laughs) I did stumble upon the correct (laughs) definition of Bollywood, but that was also because I then learned better before, you know, RRR right. blew up to commercial success. Because I think had I had that perspective and then RRR had come out, I too would have called it a Bollywood film. Yep. Yeah. Because I would have assumed the language wasn't Hindi. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, especially if you watch it on Netflix because oh, it is. Oh, <laughs> God, with the dubbing. Um, <laughs> Boo. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. This whole episode is a little sad because we... This is when we learn about Pam Chopra's cancer diagnosis. It sounds like that was something the family was struggling with for a while. Uday talks about getting really close with his dad and feeling more like Mm -hmm. Adi was the father and he and Yash were brothers. The studio is kind of struggling a little bit. There'd maybe been a couple of of slower years. And then Mm. (laughs) a light in all of our lives, Ravnibana Di Jodi. What was great was, like, they were kind of building this, you know, and Adi saying, like, you know, we needed something, we needed to make something, like, that felt good and nostalgic and beautiful again. And I was like, oh, my God, are they going to talk about Rabne Bonadie Jody right now? Okay, that answers my, (laughs) that answers my question. I was going to ask you if you knew where they were going. I blanked. (laughs) I was like, what could this have been? (laughs) Yeah, I remember stumbling upon that absolute gem Mm -hmm. of a film. And it changed my life. Like, I love it. I fell in love with it instantly. Mm-hmm. I think I invited you over like the next day so that we could watch yeah. it. And it's still one that I've watched several times. And I I love that they created it to revitalize the success of the studio. Yeah. 
because then that makes it even more special. Absolutely. It made me happy that we like we moved it up our roster actually to watch like in just a couple of weeks. Yes. But yeah, and then I was so fascinated by the fact that the film was scheduled to release and then what two weeks prior to that yeah. were the the 2008 terrorist attacks in Mumbai which mm-hmm. again not I didn't know I I didn't know this story I didn't know about this I don't I did not know a lot about world news and I'm only just now starting to know about things so this yeah. you know I didn't really know what this was it is so interesting to see how somber everyone gets as they're reflecting on this and as someone, frankly, like an ethnocentric white person living in the States, I'm just like, oh, right, mm-hmm. that happened. What was that? Mm-hmm. It makes me a little sad that I'm like, I didn't, wasn't even aware of the terror and horror right. that occurred. Yeah, but, um, we are, but we are now. Yes. But I think the again, this is where Adi's connection to the audience becomes a big advantage for him again, because mm-hmm. people are telling him, you know, these attacks happened. You've got to delay the release of the movie. And he and he says, no, he says, this is yeah. a life affirming movie. People want this. People are going to want to feel good. So yeah. we're doing it. We're releasing this movie. And it was to and it was to, a, a, you know, a big success. And right. He then said, you know, he had an innate confidence in the people of our country and uh, in our resilience, and I knew we would be okay. And I just, again, fell even more deeply in love with him with with that comment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. It was a really touching moment. And I am so excited. I was excited anyway. But like I said, this just seems to make it, Robney, even <laughs> more special. Yeah. Yeah. Also, shortly after this, Adi mentions talks about Bayfic Ray. Yeah. First of all, I love that Adi. It clearly is a very special film to him. Yeah. And I also love that what they chose to show for the documentary was uh, Jatem. Yeah. Oh, uh, that song like always makes me cry. I think we. I mean, we we've already talked about how much we love that scene. Yeah. <laughs> Um, listen to the Bayfic Ray episode <laughs> if you're curious. But I was so shocked and hurt for him yeah. that it didn't do well. Yeah. And he was like, I thought India was ready and it wasn't. Well, what I um, thought was interesting was that he said he felt that India was ready for a, a rom-com, but they weren't ready for it from him. And mm. yeah, and that like that is sad. And it does clearly seem yeah. like that he's still he's he even says Adi says in the interview like he's still broken up about right Bayfic Ray being a flop and you know for what it's worth Adi because I know you listen <laughs> <laughs> for what it's worth we love that movie a whole lot and so do so many of our listeners oh, yeah. I know a lot of people you know yeah. were excited about us watching that movie yeah it's a really good it's one really in good. my opinion yeah it's fun and the the fact that he did all the had all the kissing and stuff like yeah yeah it's groundbreaking. I know. It's so funny putting <laughs> that face and getting kind of more of his story and be like, oh my God, that was yeah. Aditya Chopra. I just love having this context and I just want to go back and rewatch literally everything. All of these movies. <laughs> I want to watch all of these movies. Yeah. Yeah. But there aren't yeah. enough hours in the day. <laughs> I know. Could that be our full-time job? I, right? <laughs> How do we make that happen? Um, I don't know. The spirit behind the studio is so interesting to me and this idea that Adi wanted to make sure that 
the movies that were coming out were not just his voice or not just his dad's voice. And so, you know, we hear this story about, you know, someone bringing this script to him and he was like, this isn't my story. You should tell this story. You should direct this Mm -hmm. movie. And the director of the film, Sharat Kataria, and the film Dum Lagake Heisha was also the movie that launched Bumi Pednikar's career. Yeah. And this is a movie that I have seen, and I remember feeling weird at the time because I had seen Bumi Pednikar in other movies where she's thin. Mm-hmm. And I, I swear I read something that made me believe this to be true, that she was a thin actress who they cast, made gain weight, and then she lost weight. So I have never seen this movie, yeah. but actually you saying that it makes me remember, I think you told me about yeah. it. And that's exactly how you framed it as well. And I was like, oh, that makes me uncomfortable as well. And I... I know myself I would not have assumed that. No, I think I must have no. gotten misinformation from the internet because I was curious yeah. about it because I was like, okay, so she was fat in her first film and she's thin now. So, like, what yeah. happened there? And I do, I think that's a fascinating story and I would love to hear more from, from Bumi about that. But Me too. You know, I also loved how empowered she felt at the idea right. of being a fat woman in a film telling a story about a fat woman and how she, that was like unheard of to be debuting as a fat yeah. actress and to have so many right. women then say like, I feel like you're telling my story. Yeah. yeah. I know. I think I'd blanked on the fact that you'd seen this film yeah. and I was just like, um, a film with Ayushman and Boomi <laughs> that's like about fat people finding love and being accepted. Yeah. Sign me up. Mm-hmm. Because I also am learning more about Ayushman, too, and the roles that he chooses. Because I think he likes to choose roles that challenge him and also help tell a bigger truth that needs to be told. Yeah, and this is what I've always said about him. Like, his choice of character suggests to me that he's the kind of person who has done a lot of learning in his life and really wants to support people from kind of all walks of life, diverse backgrounds, diverse body types, diverse perspectives. And so Mm -hmm. he, he plays the kinds of characters who question that so that he can help tell the story of accepting that. Yeah, I love that for him. And I love exactly like what you said that Bumi Pendekar debuted as a fat actress mm-hmm. and what that says about her in an industry that I'm not part of but I get the sense that it is still very based on aesthetics mm-hmm. and like what is the quote unquote like right way to look and so I just love that who she is is so her yeah. like I don't know how else to explain it but she just has always struck me as this very confident woman yeah. and very strong woman and she's like I'm gonna do this and that's exactly what she did which I just love her yeah I hope that her journey to becoming a thin actress is one of empowerment on her part and yes. not one of feeling like she had to in order to take certain roles I yeah. I have my own doubts about that but you know yeah, i i yeah. still i like absolutely love her and if she whatever pressure she may have felt it it makes me sad to think about so i feel like we we still have like one big film to talk about here yes and again we're we're heading back into the sad uh because yeah now it is time for yash to come back out 
you know, it, come back in behind the camera and direct uh, Jab Takajan. Mm-hmm. And gosh, this whole, the whole sequence about this movie Ugh. really, like, I, I was started choking up a bit. <laughs> Me too. Well, even without that context, mm-hmm. that movie is emotional. Yeah. But then getting the context of, like, he just kind of knew yeah. that this was going to be his last film. Yeah. But didn't tell anyone because he didn't want that weighing on anyone. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. And people kind of, I think it sounded like they kind of all had that sense. Yeah. Like Rishi Kapoor talking about how he shot that scene. And then he and Yash were both crying. And he was like, well, why, why are we crying? Yeah. 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 And I loved to, you know, everyone talking about how like joyful he was on set. And Katrina Kaif actually, she said that it was like working with a first time director. Like he had that level of enthusiasm for every day that they were working. And to know that he didn't even get to see like a final cut together of the film. Right. He died before that, before he had the chance to see that the way that everyone spoke about his passing and particularly Adi saying his father like never experienced old age in a sense Mm -hmm. and he got to do everything he wanted to do and achieve everything he wanted to achieve and now he's done and there are only selfish reasons to want him to stick around yeah and that you know that that got to me and they also the thing where that both of his sons said about him wanting to die with his boots yeah. on. I just, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said this earlier, but I'm like, I finally get it. Yeah. Like, I get the impact that this man had. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Like, I finished it and I was just like, I feel so heartsick, mm-hmm. but in such a warm, amazing way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I completely agree with that following his life and his career in this way and seeing the way that people kind of come in and out of of his story um but ultimately like this it is it is his story it is this this Mm -hmm. thing that he created you know and but not without influence from others and uh, yeah it's it's such a such a beautiful and empowering story yeah i liked adi talking about how he felt like people were going to look to him to fill a void left by his father. Mm, and that mm-hmm. then has made him kind of change who he is for the better, like, and try to be more like his father. And, yeah. you know, he's like, that. this is what he left. He wanted to have that influence over me. Um, and I thought that was mm-hmm. really sweet. It is very sweet. But I wanted to make sure we talked about the title. Yes. Yeah, and this is where I wanted to bring back the slightly critical review that I read in the Hindustan Times, where they talked about the quote-unquote ivory tower of filmmaking, and the perspective throughout the movie of making films that are aspirational rather than representing the realities of our time. So, you know, the way, Mm -hmm. like... Again, you know, we've talked, we're talking about like creating films that are coming out of a certain cultural moment, but it's trying to sort of tell people like the best way to be within that cultural moment. And the film starts with a definition of romantics as being, you know, like having unrealistic perspectives. And Mm -hmm. I love movies that are an escape. And (laughs) I think 
to look at a film and say that it is too romantic by whatever definition of romantic you're using or to say that it's too aspirational or it is too far removed from the realities of the time in which it's made that movie was made to be an escape and i feel like that right. is what yash raj films largely were created to be you know they're mm-hmm. it's telling a story it's not necessarily telling a truth and yeah i think that you absolutely need both in the world i agree and yeah. you know and i think about Like, I would never want us to not watch a movie or to say that a movie wasn't worth watching because it was aspirational or because it was larger than life. Mm -hmm. Because those are the kind of movies that get you through the hard times for many people. Not for everyone, but for me, certainly they are. I really agree with that. And it's interesting, too, because I do kind of associate being a romantic with being a dreamer, which I think based on this documentary... Yash Chopra definitely was and I think Aditya has some dreaminess yeah as well maybe a little more rooted in reality but also yeah. pretty dreamy yeah but yeah it seems to me like that kind of criticism is the criticism that comes from someone who is so grounded in reality mm-hmm. that's true that yeah can't because I definitely think of myself as a romantic Oh, I'm also very romantic. Yeah, and so I, that's such a good point that, you know, the people who don't see the value in those kinds of films, they're, they're just a different kind of a person. And that's right. not necessarily wrong, but I think it's wrong to assume that there isn't value in something that is romantic for somebody. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah I, it's funny because I didn't really spare any thought to the title. Mm-hmm. But then they end with this really bittersweet, you know, talking about, Yasha's passing and everyone what they were feeling about that and how sudden it was and then they show us all of these dancing scenes oh gosh yeah over the song from basic ray right and it just was a complete upswing Mm -hmm. and made me feel so much and I was like yes here is all of like the joy and the energy and what I think makes a lot of Bollywood films great you can be great without that as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. But then it was like ending on that, I was like, yeah, I get mm-hmm. it. I get it. It is it's about the joy that the Yash Raj films, you know, brought yeah. to its audiences. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he also felt that he would live in those stories. Yeah. And and he does he does live on in them, which is which is beautiful it's a beautiful thought right there's 100% a legacy there yeah Uh. that feels like a great place to to wrap up our our discussion (laughs) here (laughs) yeah it was good yeah I really liked it it was such a delight to talk about this with you yeah yeah you too I loved it and I wish there were like four more hours (laughs) I know I want a documentary like this about like every film studio production company in India as well as ones that like draw comparisons between them like let's let's just do this (laughs) yeah I agree pluggables follow us on Instagram and TikTok at two white girls talk Bollywood do whatever you're doing there Mm -hmm. with us do the do (laughs) (laughs) do the do and also consider subscribing to us on whatever podcast platform you listen to us mm-hmm. on. You could even leave a rating or review. You could. 
it's true but as always thank you so much for listening yeah and join us as well on youtube and spotify where we keep our bollywood bangers playlists uh we add the our favorite songs from these movies to those playlists and you can find them linked in our episode descriptions as well as in our posts on instagram on tuesdays wonderful so so (laughs) (laughs) next week we have another kind of fun week Mm -hmm. fun for us hopefully fun for you as well as listeners (laughs) But we will be watching The Archies, a Zoya Oktar film Mm -hmm. starring a bunch of youngins. Yeah. Some of whom are Nepo babies. Maybe maybe (laughs) most. We'll find out. (laughs) Yeah. So on IMDb, the plot description for The Archies is set in 1960s India. Archie and the gang navigate romance, friendship, and the future of Riverdale as developers threaten to destroy a beloved park. Oh, no. no. High stakes. I know very little about the Archie comics, about Riverdale as a place Uh, and a concept. Um, So, yeah, I'm excited (laughs) to learn more. (laughs) Yes, I grew up reading Archie comics. So I grew up engrossed in Riverdale and Archie and Veronica and Betty <laughs> and Jughead, all of it. So anyway, you can watch The Archies on Netflix. It is a 95% match for me, Excellent. which feels right. Yep. And the synopsis on Netflix is romance, friendships, milkshakes. Life is good in Riverdale until an unexpected plan leaves a cherished park in danger and an idyllic town divided. Oh, no. Yeah, so it's going to be great. Yeah. And we thought that it would also be fun. I have a sister (laughs) (laughs) who also grew up on Archie Comics and has also watched some Bollywood. Mm -hmm. So we are going to have my older sister Carly join us as our first guest. Yeah, we've been wanting to maybe introduce guests to the podcast Mm. for a while. This seemed like a really fun, natural way to do it with both of you having grown up with with the Archie comics. And, (laughs) you know, we're not famous or have any influence at all so we're you know we're choosing our guests from among people who we know (laughs) but I this I think is going to be a good time and I as an outsider to this I'm excited to hear what your your thoughts and perspectives are on it as as two big fans I'm excited too I'm hoping we're not too harsh I don't think we will be because I can remember when this came out Shah Rukh was like promoting it Mm -hmm. as well yeah because his daughter's in it Right. And he was like, I grew up reading the Archie comics. And I remember thinking, I knew Shah Rukh and I were the same. Yeah. You have so much in common. <laughs> you too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so enjoy. This should be a nice, fun film. I like it's it's Valentine's Day yeah. around then. So actually, it's nice that we're going from I, well, it's romantics. This is I know. Coming out I was. I just remembered. I meant to wish everyone a happy Valentine's Day at the start of the episode. Happy Valentine's Day, guys! Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> that is why we chose the romantics. Yep. We didn't really talk about that. <laughs> but we also thought let's just extend the sweet romanticism yes. of Valentine's Day into the following week with the Archies. Absolutely. So watch it. Enjoy it. And until next time, remember, Bollywood doesn't need us. Nope. But we need Bollywood. Especially Yash Chopra and Aditya Chopra. 100%. (laughs) 